Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome to my kitchen table. I am so glad you're here today. And today we're going to talk about a question that Kimberly asked me the other week. And the question is this, Bethany, how do you have a good friendship with your children while at the same time having an authoritative parental role? How do you balance the two? And how do they work in harmony with one another? I think this is a really important question that um, we're going to tackle today with a word picture and then plant it down in some of scripture so that you know what the gospel says about this and you know your role. Because I think the most important thing that I've had to learn is in the moments I'm living in, I need to keep in mind a long-term vision of what God has called me to. So I'm living in a moment with my kid and I'm interacting here, but at the same time, I want to be in mind going, where do I ultimately want to be with this child? And so how do I then take that long-term vision and bring it down, break it back down into small steps that will allow me to walk today with that child? So what we're talking about is really engaging in our preteen or our tween age and our teenage kids and our college kids and for us, even our young adult kids and learning a balance when our kids are still needing authority from us. So they're not independent. They're not grown and gone. They're still needing an authority role and we play that role, but we're shifting that role And so friendship is growing and relationship is growing. And how do we balance it? Well, for me, I think the most marked picture that I've ever had of this was given to me actually in a movie. And I don't know about you, but uh, I don't watch with my eyes as many movies as I, I don't know, I will say that I watch the movie, but actually I just listen to the movie especially riding in a car. I will listen more than I actually ever see a movie because I'm in the front seat. I never see the movie. So this was a movie that we would watch a lot in the car when our first group of kids was young. And this movie has this one scene in it that to me impressed upon me this word picture. So in the scene of this movie, The storyline is that there is a fractured relationship between a teenage boy who is the protagonist of the movie, the main character, and his father. And so most of his actions are because of this broken relationship. This how the boy acts is in some way because he has a broken relationship with his dad and his dad is aware of it and his dad feels like it's broken too. 
and Broken Beyond Repair. Both of them um, in the movie represent that. And there's an older man, like a grandfather's age man, who speaks into the father. And he sits down with him and he begins to relay this word picture. And the word picture is simply this, that when our children are born, God has chosen our children for us and has handed into our hand their heart. And so then it becomes what it, how we handle the heart we've been given will determine the relationship. So if I hold that heart tenderly and care for it and yet hold it loosely, that relationship will grow, that heart will be able to beat and sit there well. If I tighten my grip and grasp it with all my might, if I drop it because I don't care to tend it, then obviously that heart is wounded and relationship is broken. In the movie, the old man goes on to tell the father that at any point in time, though, as the father, you still have the privilege of sitting with your son and asking how you can gain access to his heart and hold it once more. So that word picture for me has always been something that I've kind of kept as a question between me and the Lord when I'm walking with my teenagers and my preteen kids. Lord, how am I holding their heart? Where is their heart? Are they trusting their heart? And is it sitting in my hand? Am I grasping it tight? There have definitely been seasons where I have hovered too tightly, where my kids have pushed against me and it becomes resentment and it becomes, um, they're irritated with me because I've held too tightly to them. And other times I know there are seasons where probably I have not tended their heart well. I've been cold to their heart or I have um, simply maybe not paid attention to their heart, honestly. But that question is a question that when relationship is broken, when I sense either there's a lot of eye rolling going on, there's avoidance, my child is distant, my child might be sullen, kind of irritated with me all the time, and there's a pattern of not um, healthy relationship, then it really is up to me to come to my child. And it is up to you to go to your child. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation by God who has reconciled us to himself. And you and I in our home have this chief opportunity to display the gospel, to display this reconciliation to our kids in moments like these. Because what we need to understand about how God reconciled us to himself is that he sent Jesus. And Jesus humbled himself, as it says in Philippians 2, that he gave up who he was as God and took on the very likeness of man, humbling himself, even and all the way to death on a cross, that you and I might be redeemed, that we might have relationship with God. So that is what Christ did. He humbled himself fully for reconciliation to happen. 
And so for you and for me in our home, as we become ministers of reconciliation, one of the primary places that we model what Christ did for us is in relationship with our children. And so when I recognize that I have a problem with a child and I am not, their heart is not softly placed in my hand. Either I'm trying to grip it as they're trying to jerk it out. I've dropped it on the floor. I've squashed it. Like something is wrong and I need to figure out what it is. So my role as the older, more mature believer in this relationship is to come to that child and to humbly sit with them and to say, I think there's a problem in our relationship. And I want to know from you, how have I wounded your heart? How have I made you angry? What have I done to cause this rift that we are experiencing? And there have been times where my children, like their first initial response is, oh, no, mom, we're fine. We're fine. Because they maybe they don't want to deal with it. And so I have definitely had space where I've said, okay, well, can we actually just, can you think about it for a little bit? And can we come back to this conversation when you're ready to talk about it? Because I want to give them some space because sometimes when we have pained somebody else, I don't know about you, but have you ever experienced it where someone has so hurt your feelings that, I mean, you just can't even talk about it. And so we want to give them even that space, but in humility, we are going to say, I'm willing to wait, but can we come back and talk about this one more time? And then sitting back down with them. And again, the posture of humility, which says, I want to know your heart and I want to hear what has happened between you and me. And we do not bring to that conversation the litany of all the ways they're eye rolling and their rejection, and their stomping off, and their disrespect has impacted the relationship. Because what I have found often with my kids is that all of that are symptomatic of the wound. But they are not the the root problem. So I want to get all the way down past the symptoms down into the root problem, which means I need to be willing to hear if I've done something and I need to be able to listen and I need to ask clarifying questions. And so I have learned over the years to ask the kind of questions that just sit open-ended on the table. Tell me what's going on in your heart. Is there a place where I've hurt you? Have I been short-tempered? Do you feel like I have not listened to you when you've shared something with me? Do you feel like I'm not treating you well? These are questions that oftentimes will begin to spark, even for our kids who aren't very good at looking inward. Maybe I know that certain personalities are really good at identifying what their problem is. They may not share it with you, but they know. But there are other personalities, and they don't really know. They may not even be aware. They know there's something wrong, and they're, they're, they're fussy with you. But until those questions begin to probe, 
they can't even, they're not sitting there holding back the secretive space of the perfect list. But as you begin to probe with good questioning, then they begin to go, well, actually, yeah, you haven't been nice to me. And I don't feel like you're listening lately. But you always seem to be listening to so-and-so. Or it feels like you're always short-tempered with me, like I'm irritating you. Or I just feel like I don't have, you don't have any time for me. Um, These are, and honestly, these are all statements my kids have said to me and many more. So I want you to understand that I do this actively because I can wound my kids. My words can be sharp and short-tempered. I can be um, in high task mode so I don't tend to the relationship because I'm trying to get things done. (laughs) So I don't know if you struggle with that too, but the first part is identifying if we have sinned against our children and we want to repent and we want to own it and we do not want to excuse it away because of their actions. So their actions may have led to us sinning against them. But let your apology stand on the actions you have done. And do not add a justifying clause that demands their apology. Walk first through your own repentance and allow that to be tended to and allow it to be healed. I promise you, when you walk through with repentance, there will be a place for the door to be open because they will give their heart back to you where you can begin to talk about their attitude or their rebellion or their disobedient heart or their selfishness or whatever it may have been that then led to your sin. But when we repent first of our sin, because we're posturing ourselves with humility and we're trying to offer grace and we're trying to listen well because we want to be a minister of reconciliation and we want unity, then I promise you there will be an opportunity for that conversation later. But the second thing that I have found when I sit with my kids and I begin to say, what has happened in our relationship? I want to know. The second thing that oftentimes can emerge is a lie. And it's a lie that they're believing. And what we need to understand is that lies are absolutely offered to them by the enemy. So the enemy does not want our children in good relationship with us. And so he whispers lies to them to erode the foundation of our relationship. Whether he wants to erode the foundation of your relationship with your child or your child's relationship with another sibling or both, he will. Oftentimes these sound like, you always treat so-and-so better than me, or I don't feel like y'all are parenting fairly, or... um. You always listen to them, but not to me. You never let me do this. You always let so-and-so do this. Uh, 
um, you can see that. So if you have more than one child, understand that lie is probably in play in your home. And the faster you can help speak into that and walk with them in gospel truths and identify maybe even the weak areas where maybe there is some truth. Maybe you do compare. That's a big one. You know, you always compare me to so-and-so. And instead, if we can begin to understand that that lie is in play in our home. And so how do we speak in a way to our children that offers them true identity truths locked in scripture? And how do we interact with them in ways that see them as their own person and we love them well for who they are. Understanding that we hold their heart in our hand, we hold other children's hearts in our hand, and they're different. So I have learned to give space for that to be shared. And I am not, in the moment that they share the lie that they're believing, going to try and bust their lie up and logically explain how their lie is not true. Oftentimes, what I want to do, because I'm creating this open door moment for them to talk to me and share their heart with me, I just want to listen. And I want to identify the feelings that they are feeling. Because the lie is down at the bottom and all the symptoms lay above that. And so we can see symptoms of rebellion, of rejection, of selfishness, of anger, of irritation all above a lie that's impacting their worldview and really their positionhood in the family and their identity. And we want to speak truth in there. So we listen and we learn and then we pray. Your chief role is as a fierce prayer warrior for your child. And we pray the word of God for our kids. When we can understand the lies that are attacking them, the battle that they are in, we can become a warrior that puts up the shield of faith in front of them and stops those arrows. So it is important to me to understand what lies the enemy is assaulting my child with. Whether it's identity, you're not as good as so-and-so, Your parents don't love you as much as they love him. They don't treat you fairly. I want to identify those lies and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray the positive for my child, for identity, for worth, for value, that they understand God's love. I'm going to begin to pray and sink those truths and promises from the word of God into my prayer life for that child. Then. I'm going to, in conversations going forward, begin to teach those truths into my gospel conversations with my kid. So that child is struggling with their identity. I'm going to begin to speak those truths in. But in the moment that they're offering me back their heart and sharing these things with me is not the moment for me to logically explain away why that is not true. So when we are walking with our kids, And we are trying to be in a relationship with them that is both authoritative and friendship-based. 
The truth is what we need to understand is we need to be grace-based. And that means we need to understand that we hold their heart and that when I hold my child's heart with an open hand and their heart is yielded to me, there is great room for relationship and friendship. And there is great openness for them to hear about wisdom and discipline and choosing well and boundaries being set because they are assured that their heart is being tended to. It is being valued both by me, but most importantly, because I am seeking to have conversations that pivot them to the one who really loves their heart and holds their heart well, which is Jesus Christ. I hope this helps you. I hope it brings a little bit of clarity. This is a hard place to walk. It is a balancing act that probably every day I feel like I'm a little bit out of balance on. So know that this is not something that is easy, but it is something that with God, you can walk this out. He promises he will expose the places where your children need this kind of heart care. I want you to also know that if you need to learn how to pray for your kids and pray the word of God for your kids, I would love to give you just a free prayer guide. It helps you begin to learn some scriptures that you can pray for your kids purposefully over and over um, to claim truths and promises of God's word. I'd love to give give it to you. It's free. The link, you can find the link in the show description, and you can also find it at my website, bethanykimsey.com. If you have any other questions that you would like to ask me or you need some clarity on what we've talked about today, I hang out. You can find me over on Instagram at bethanykimsey, and you can certainly find me at my website as well. I hope you understand how much God loves you, how much he wants to walk with you as we journey with our kids. But I want you to know he chose those kids for you and he placed their heart in your hands because he knew you had the perfect hands here on earth to hold their heart. So let's walk with God as he walks with them. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.